As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Hi folks, welcome to the first 59th minute FPL podcast for the 2021-2022 season. The podcast, as always, is brought to you by The Athletic. I'm Mark McGettigan. You can find me on Twitter at FPL General. It's good to be back behind the microphone talking Fantasy Premier League after a pretty short break. I still can't get my head around them launching the game in June during the Euros, but here we are. Hopefully not too many of the player prices will be off come game week one in August. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. During the season, this podcast is short and sweet, around 30 minutes long covering everything you need to know for the upcoming game week. In addition to the usual 59th minute podcast this season, I'm planning to record a series of episodes which will involve me interviewing the best FPL managers in the world, most of which will be from the Elite 64 Mini League which I run each season. You may also get a short 10 to 15 minute podcast on a Friday this season, so make sure you are subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss any of it. I'm hoping to record and release a few episodes of the Elite Manager series before game week one. Those episodes will focus more on the strategy side of the game, so I'm really looking forward to doing those ones. On today's podcasts, I'll be running through each of the 20 Premier League teams, giving my thoughts on some of the player prices, and after that, I'll reveal the 45 players which have made it onto my very early game week one watch list. Before I get stuck into each of the teams, just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to The Athletic for just £1 a month at the moment. So make the most of that offer while it's still on. I found over the last season and a half that you know being a subscriber to The Athletic, really helpful for FPL. You get in-depth knowledge on every Premier League team and you can pick up little bits and pieces that can really help you in your decision making. You know, in particular, some of the, the tactical pieces from people like Michael Cox, I find very, very useful. So check that out if you're not already a subscriber. Getting into the team. So what I've done, just gone to the FPL website for the first time. You know, hadn't really looked at too many of the prices. I hadn't really looked at the fixtures too much yet either because, you know, we've got a lot of time on our hands. I think we're still about 50 days away from game week one. So this is very much my initial reaction 
without having you know spend too much time on social media or anything like that my first thoughts from looking at the player prices and um, you know I've, ju- I've just picked out the ones that have caught my eye you know the ones i think could be good value you know maybe some of the players i think might be overpriced as well so i'm just going to go through each of the teams in alphabetical order touch on a few of the players and then i'll get to the watch list at the end so first of all arsenal first player that caught my eye right at the top of the list goalkeeper leno at five million i think he could be a good option could have easily been 5.5 so leno is one of i think four or five goalkeepers on my watch list for game week one in the arsenal defense rob holding got a lot of game time last season he says 4.5 million i think that's cheap for him could have easily been five there is talk of ben white of brighton going to arsenal now he's also 4.5 million if that move happens i think ben white will be in a lot of fpl teams this season so that's one to keep an eye on tierney comes in i think cheap at 5 million we know how good he is going forward even when he plays as a left center back in that system he still has license to bomb forward issue with tierney since he's gone to arsenal and even before he went to arsenal has been injury issues so hopefully he can put those behind him 5 million i think is a very kind price for kieran tierney so hopefully he can put in a season where he can play you know 35 36 or or better still 38 games this season i think if he can stay fit at 5 million he will offer very good value in the arsenal midfield not a lot i love here saka really like him as a player good to see him doing well in the euros as well 6.5 million when it comes to midfielders in fpl those players around 6.5 million you're probably only going to have one of them in their team in your team and there's a certain guy at leeds who i think is going to be in a lot of teams a 6.5 million midfielder so saka i think his ownership will be low doesn't really interest me at the moment so we'll just see how he does in the early weeks of the season smith rowe 5.5 million i think there's been some interest from other clubs from him very very impressed by him towards the tail end of last season again if he can if he stays at arsenal and if he remains a favorite of arteta again 5.5 million he's one to keep an eye on again not a player to go for in game week one though pepe is a very interesting one pepe just either last season or the season before was expensive he was 9.5 million he's now dropped all the way down to 7.5 million so he's 2 million less than he has been previously he showed glimpses again at the end of last season of what he's capable of i think this guy cost in the region of 70 or 80 million so he came with a big price tag hasn't really lived up to it yet but maybe this will be his season so again pepe another one of those you're not going to buy in game week one but let's see how he looks in the first couple of weeks of the season 7.5 million is a very nice price there up front Aubameyang has been reclassified so he was a midfielder last year 12 million midfielder last year this season he's down to 10 million but he's a forward now the issue here is looking at the player prices this season it's very clear that there is an awful lot of very good strikers at very good prices i think i've got more forwards probably on my watch list than i ever have before you're looking between you know six million and eight million there's loads and loads of good strikers so i think we're going to see a lot of teams that go for three cheaper strikers again probably depends on what happens to harry kane because if he goes to manchester city you're probably going to see harry kane up front and then 
either one or two cheap strikers beside him so that is probably going to keep Aubameyang's ownership low as well and I mean he had a pretty disappointing season last year so he probably want to see how he looks again first couple of weeks of the season to see if he's worth the 10 million but I don't think he will be to begin with his teammate Lacazette gets his standard price around 8.5 million again we just don't really know who's going to be playing in that central striker striker role for Arsenal to begin with so if I was to have an Arsenal player in my team, game week one, it's more likely to be a goalkeeper or a defender than it is to be a midfielder or a striker. Next team up, Aston Villa. Very sad to see legend Emmy Martinez getting the price hike to 5.5 million. It's a bit like Nick Pope. You know, Nick Pope used to be 4.5, used to absolutely boss it for us, but he went up to 5.5. Still had a pretty good season last year. Martinez was last season's goalkeeper of the season. He was 4.5. He was in most people's teams and he was an absolute points machine. Now that he's 5.5, I don't think too many people will go for him. I certainly won't be going for him at that price. The goal for us now this season is to find, you know, who is going to be this season's Amy Martinez at 4.5 million. Uh, And we'll talk about some of those when it gets to my watch list. All the defenders at Aston Villa are 5 million, which I don't love. You know, if if one of those guys was 4.5 million, I would be a lot more interested. If I was forced to buy an Aston Villa defender, game week one, probably target. Takes a few set pieces, usually passes the eye test. One to keep an eye on as well, Ashley Young has signed for Aston Villa, former Manchester United man. He's 5 million also. There's potential there. He could end up playing out of position, possibly. You know, he's been a winger. And an attacker in the past he's played more in defense in recent years but you know let's say Grealish leaves you know there could be scope for Ashley Young to play in a more advanced role than his FPL positions Ashley Young certainly one to keep an eye on as a potential out of position option Grealish eight million pounds you know this is one of the reasons why I don't think they should launch the game so early or, or when they do launch the game early why not just leave a few players out you know the players who've got big rumours players like Jack Relish, Harry Kane you know Ben White's an example now as well why not just leave those guys out of the game for a couple of weeks see what happens and price them up once it's clear who they're going to be playing for next season because Grealish now is 8 million let's say he moves to Manchester City which could happen you've got an amazing player for 8 million you know if he was at Man City he should really be about 10 or 11 million so if Grealish does move to a big side he's going to be an absolute bargain other midfielders at Aston Villa Buendia who they've signed from Norwich really good player is just 6.5 million so I think he's going to be quite a popular pick I think he'll be more popular if Grealish leaves because you would like to think he'll take up the baton of being being the talisman there at Aston Villa. So that's a nice price. Triori, who was you know had a pretty good season last season, is six million, but I don't have that much love for him. I think I prefer Buendia for the extra 0.5 million. But again, all hinges on what happens to Jack Grealish if he stays at Aston Villa. Eight million for an Aston Villa midfielder, even though it's Grealish, it's. It feels a little bit expensive, but he could justify it, of course. He's a, he's a world-class player. Up front, last season's hero, Ollie Watkins, is 7.5 million now. He started last season at 6 million, but even a 1.5 million hike, I think it's pretty fair. I still think it's a pretty good price. The thing I like a lot about Watkins is it's not just goals. He gets you assists as well. And when it comes to strikers, an assist and a goal, there's only one point in the difference. So essentially... 
when a, when a striker gets an assist, they're basically scoring a goal for you. Last season, Watkins got 14 goals, 9 assists, and 18 bonus points. So, really, really good season. I sold him in my second wildcard, which I regretted. Uh, again, big factor in Watkins is whether Grealish stays or whether Grealish goes. I like Watkins a lot more if he's got Grealish and Buendia there to create for him. I think Grealish will be a big miss for Villa all round, not just in attack, but I think for their defence as well. On to newly promoted Brentford. My notes here say I know very little about their players, so I will run the eye test over them in the first couple of weeks of the season before investing in any of their assets. So I'm very, very unlikely to have any promoted players in my Game Week 1 squad. I usually avoid them. At most, probably one. There's a lot of interest in Ivan Tony, the Brentford striker. He's 6.5 million. He's 40% owned already, which shows you that most of the people picking FPL teams in, at the end of June are the FPL community on the likes of Twitter and Reddit. There's big hype already around Tony, but it's, it's pretty justified looking at his numbers from last season. 33 goals in the championship, 10 assists, really, really impressive numbers. The fixtures are not too bad to begin with either for Brentford, but again, I don't think he'll make my squad because... Quite simply, I don't like buying players that I haven't really seen play. The only time I've seen Tony play was in the in the playoff final and, and he looked really good in that game. But I like to you know judge a player in more than just one game. So when you see my game league one squad, my three strikers will be probably more proven assets who've been in the Premier League for a little bit longer. I mean, players like Tony, we often see it with championship top goal scorers. Some of them come up and do well. Some of them come up and completely flop. You know, the Premier League is a completely different animal for these players so it'll be interesting to see how he does make that transition for me probably a wait and see to begin with next team on the list is brighton so goalkeeper first of all sanchez 4.5 million really good price he is going to be a very very popular goalkeeper if he remains as number one which i think he will sanchez has the potential to be this season's emmy martinez very good chance he'll make my game week one squad as things stand now, you know, think back to last season as well. Brighton had really, really good underlying defensive numbers. So if they can keep that up again this season, Sanchez is going to be very, very popular. Brighton defenders, Lewis Dunk, I always like him, even though he's 0.5 million more than some of the others. Dunk comes in at 5 million. He's one of the best centre-backs in the league when it comes to goal threat. He always gets, you know, 3, 4, 5 a season. Good for bonus points as well. And again, if Brighton are going to defend well like they did last season, I think Lewis Dunk is worth uh, 0.5 more than some of the others because we know Potter likes to rotate a bit as well. You know, there's players like Lamptey at 4.5, Veltman, who was popular last season. But again, these guys are prone to rotation. And in Lamptey's case, very prone to injury as well. So I think Dunk is a safe route in there. Ben White, if he stays at Brighton, good option, as is Adam Webster, both 4.5 million. So Ben White... Whether he's at Brighton or whether he's at Arsenal, I think he's a pretty good option. You know, equally good. I, I wouldn't even say he's a better option if he goes to Arsenal because Brighton Brighton were probably better defensively than, than Arsenal were last season. So, yeah, there's not too much. I don't think it changes too much in terms of his AFPL prospects if he does make that move. You know, possibly might even make them a little bit worse. Into midfield for Brighton. Don't have much interest in the Brighton attack, really. You know, they were pretty toothless last season. I know we should draw a clean slate on every new FPL season, but it's hard to ignore last season when, when Brighton, you know, created so many chances but really found it hard to score goals. Trossard, 6.5 million is probably the most interesting if he can 
play 90 minutes most weeks. Pascal Gross, the same. He comes in at 6 million up front. Don't have much interest. There's no price yet for Danny Welbeck. I think he's signed on for one more year. I do like him more than Mopai. Mopai is 6.5. I would imagine Welbeck will come in similar. You know, maybe 6.57. Mopai scored just eight goals last season. He only scored 10 goals the year before that. And he doesn't get many assists. He's only got five assists in his two seasons there. So, yeah, if I was going to go for a Brighton attacker, Welbeck, probably the one I like most there. And I'm big on Sanchez as a goalkeeper. And Lewis Dunk is a very good option there as well. On to Burnley. Nick Pope, 5.5. That will keep his ownership relatively low again. I don't like spending 5.5 on a keeper. I'm most likely to go for a 4.5, you know, set and forget, play them every week, and then a 4 million goalkeeper on the bench. So you're only spending 8.5 on the goalkeeper position, and the hope is that you never have to make a transfer there, only when you wildcard. Last season, I decided to spend 0.5 more, which famously didn't work out very well. I spent 5 million for Aaron Ramsdale, kept him for way too long. 10, 11, 12 weeks, which really hurt my season. So this season, there is, I think there's some very good 5 million goalkeeper options this season. Manchester United have got a couple. Leno's there as well, and there's a few others. I think Schmeichel, possibly. So I'm not against doing the same thing again this season. Uh, I just hope Ramsdale doesn't get a Premier League move and, and tempt me into getting them back in again. So yeah, I'll be spending either 8.5 million or 9 million on the goalkeeper position. Centre-backs for Burnley are 5 million, uh, me and Tarkowski, so I prefer the full-backs for 0.5 million less. It's great that Taylor and Loughton are still 4.5, because I think they could have easily bumped those guys up to 5 million like the centre-backs. So Taylor is the one I favour there. You know, he's pretty good going forward, does have some injury niggles from time to time, but I like him as the cheapest route into the Burnley defence. Loughton is a pretty solid pick as well. Yeah, I just think Taylor is a little bit more exciting. I mean, Loughton scored his first goal, I think it was his first league goal last season. Uh, he's got that out of his system now, he might never score again. I've got no interest in the Burnley midfielders, as is often the case every season. Up front, Chris Woods, 7 million this year. He was 6.5 million last year. Last season, he scored 12 goals in 2,700 minutes, which is a really good return for a player of his price. The season before that, he got 14 goals in 2,400 minutes. Again, really good returns because he always tends to miss a spell of the season through injury. But when he's on the pitch, I always think of Chris Wood like Ron Seal. He does exactly what it says on the tin. You pay seven million for Chris Wood, you know you're gonna get 10 to 15 goals a season. He does well on bonus points when he does score. He's on penalties. And Burnley were pretty good in attack second half of last season. So Chris Wood, I like a lot at seven million. The other strikers at Burnley, Barnes, Vidra, Rodriguez, they're likely to share game time. So Chris Wood is the only one to consider here. Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea. Chelsea were, were my downfall towards the end of last season. I, I sold three Man City players to get away from the Pep Roulette and I brought in three Chelsea players and Tuchel gave me lots of headaches. Even, even Mendy got rotated, which was very frustrating. So I don't think I will have any Chelsea players in game week one. And I think throughout the season, I probably won't have too many because rotation is very, very frustrating in FPL. And it's something I try to avoid as much as possible. I always try and go after those players who I know will start every week. So 
Tuchel at Chelsea makes that very difficult. So in terms of the prices, Mendy's been bumped up to six million. I won't be paying six million for a goalkeeper. I never do, so that rules him out. He could be worth it though if continue Chelsea continue to keep lots of clean sheets. You know, but I'd be going for probably a four point five or a five million keeper instead. I rather the you know I like the idea of getting a four point five million goalkeeper instead of someone like Mendy and spending the one point five million in another position, you know, maybe in midfield or attack. There's always the possibility the Tuchel will give Kepa the odd game as well. So you really don't want to be spending six million on a keeper and then he misses a game, you know, every five or six matches. So I will not be getting Mendy. Christensen is the cheapest Chelsea defender who has a chance of being a regular starter of five million. So that's one to keep an eye on. If Christensen does become regular, he is going to be in a lot of teams. He'll be in my team if he, you know, yes, there will be rotation in defence, but it's a lot easier to buy a five million defender with a chance of rotation than there is, you know, paying six or 6.5 for one of the other guys. So Christensen is going to be on my watch list and I will monitor that in the first couple of weeks. I won't buy him for game week one, but I will monitor the first few weeks and see if he's getting starts. Chilwell and Aspilicueta are six million. I'm going to avoid that. Rotation. Reese James, 5.5. Again, won't be going there. It's just a nightmare. Chelsea are a bit of a nightmare now, like Manchester City. I think Chelsea are actually even worse now for us FPL managers. Into midfield, Mason Mount, 7.5. Doesn't really excite me that much. Six goals, seven assists last season. Not spectacular. Havertz at 8.5. I love him as a player. But again, rotation is a pain. Pulisic, 8 million again. Love him as a player. Won't start every week. Likewise, ZH. So again, I'm just going to be swerving Chelsea. Timo Werner, 9 million. No thank you. Given the season he had last season, he should have been about 6 million this season. Like I said, there's so many good strikers who will play 90 minutes most weeks, Timo Werner won't. So I'll be going for a player who is going to get more game time than Timo Werner for a cheaper price. Timo only scored six goals last season and he's a rotation risk. Crystal Palace are one of three teams who don't have a manager along with Tottenham and Everton. Crystal Palace losing Roy Hodgson has me very, very worried about their prospects. You look at their squad as well on the FPL website, they've lost a lot of players whose contracts were up. I think things could fall apart at Crystal Palace without Hodgson. I think we'll realise just how good a job Hodgson did there this season when someone else comes in. Obviously, depends. They've got a very, very important appointment to make there. They've got to get it right or they could find themselves in the championship very quickly. Crystal Palace goalkeeper Guetta is 4.5, which is good because he was 5 million last season. So he's another 4.5 to consider. Always does well for save points. Defenders are all 4.5 as well, but... Don't have much faith in them defensively. Zaha is pretty standard at 7 million. Will he get a move somewhere? The Etsy injury is a huge blow. I don't think he's back until maybe December, January time. Really good player, Etsy. So he's one to keep an eye on in 2022 when he is back from injury. I've got no interest in the Crystal Palace strikers. So on to Everton. Very disappointing for Everton fans to see Ancelotti go to Real Madrid. That is a massive loss. Uh, I don't have much faith in Everton without Ancelotti. So again, probably won't have any more than one Everton player to begin with and see, you know, first of all, see who the manager is coming in and see how they settle in the first few weeks of the season. Luca Dean 
is interesting because he's got a price drop. He was 6, he's now 5.5. We know how good he is. I think he got a couple of games for France during the Euros at left back. One of the best left foots in the Premier League. Takes some some set pieces as well and likes to get forward. So he is the pick of the Everton defenders. Holgate's one to keep an eye on, 4.5. He got a lot of game time under Ancelotti. If he gets game time under the new manager, he is a very good price. Midfield for Everton, James and Sigurdsson are both 7 million, which I think, fair pricing. I think James was more expensive than last season, but he missed a lot of games. I tend to avoid those players who are injured very, very often. And I don't think there's any player in the league at the moment who is as injury prone as James Rodriguez. So I won't be going anywhere near him, possibly at any point in the season. Again, Sigurdsson, if he is a regular starter under the new manager, if he's still on penalties, I think he could be very good value at 7 million. So I like Sigurdsson more than James Rodriguez. That's my initial thoughts. Up front, Calvert-Lewin, who had a very good season last season, bumped up to 8 million. I still think that's a good price for him. And Richarlison is 0.5 less. So, you know, going on last season, I think Calvert-Lewin is by far and away the better option. Richarlison, you know, could have even been maybe 1 million cheaper than Calvert-Lewin. I think that would have made sense. So if I'm going to go for an Everton striker game week one, I think will be Calvert-Lewin over Richarlison. But let's hope Richarlison can have a much better season next season because you know going back a couple of years he was a he was a pretty decent FPL asset at times you know at certain parts of season so hopefully he becomes an option so that we have a decision to make you don't want it just everyone to be buying Calvert-Lewin hopefully we have a decision to make on whether to go Calvert-Lewin or Richarlison for to make it a little bit different. Leeds United were absolutely fantastic last season on the return to the Premier League and I expect more of the same from Marcelo Bielsa's side this season in defence, Luke Ealing, I like him a lot at 4.5 million. I think one of the biggest head scratchers of last season was the fact that Luke Ealing got zero goals and zero assists. That was absolutely bonkers. The amount of time that guy spent getting forward and getting into the box, the amount of unlucky goal attempts he had, he probably had, I think I remember him actually doing a goal celebration. Uh, took out his his, his bauble and, and, and played the guitar or something, but the goal was ruled out for VAR. So zero goals, zero assists last season for Ealing, but don't read too much into that. That definitely won't happen this season. It wouldn't surprise me. Come game week 38, we see Luke Ealing, four goals, four assists, something like that. So Luke Ealing, 4.5, I think is a very good option in the Leeds defence. Dallas, the hero of last season for everybody except me, uh, I failed to own him for most of the season. He's been reclassified to a midfielder now, but I think it's quite a fair price at 5.5 million. I think that will still tempt a few people to go there. Uh, but it all depends if he's continuing to play in midfield because Alioski, the left back, has gone as far as I know. So at the moment, you know, there's scope for Dallas to maybe be playing left back more so than in midfield next season. But of course, there's lots of time for new signings to come in. So Again, Dallas won't be in my Game Week 1 squad. Let's see if he's playing in midfield. If he is, I still think 5.5 million. He could be a viable budget midfield option. Rafinha, 6.5 million. Possibly the most underpriced player in the game, in my opinion. That's just that's not just my opinion. That seems to be pretty common thought among FPL managers on Twitter. Unbelievable last season. What a player this guy is. This guy, give him a couple of years, he'll be playing for one of the top clubs in Europe. Again, like Grealish, I think Rafinha's a player they could have just left him out of it for a couple of weeks, not priced him up yet, because there's every chance someone will be sniffing around trying to buy him. 
Uh, and again, let's say Rafinha went to a Liverpool or a Manchester United, you know, 6.5 million, it's it's a stupid price really if he moves. So, you know, hopefully that doesn't happen for FPL reasons. If he stays at Leeds, 6.5 million, he's going to be in a lot of teams game week one. Pretty sure he'll be in mine. Poveda, Poveda caught my eye. Uh, he didn't get much game time last season. He's a pretty good player though. Every time I've seen him, I've liked what I've seen. He's only 4.5. So again, you're not going to buy him game week one, but if he was to emerge at some point during the season, maybe if there's injuries to other players, 4.5 million, it's, they probably should have made him 5 or 5.5. So that's one to keep an eye on if he gets some game time. Harrison obviously has been on loan at Leeds, I think, for three seasons now from Manchester City. It looks like he's going to go back there, I would imagine, on a permanent basis. I think Harrison is 6 million. I didn't note down his price here, but again, he's a very good option alongside Rafinha. I've even seen a few people on Twitter suggesting that they'll start with both Rafinha and Harrison because Bamford is a little bit more expensive and uh, I don't hate that. I think that's fine because I mean most people are going to have Rafinha anyway so you're not going to gain much by having him but if you throw in uh, Harrison alongside him and both of them do well that's where you get your differential then. Up front Patrick Bamford he was my nemesis last season bought him and sold him way too often spent way too many transfers on him uh, ended up then having him at the at the wrong times and then not having him when he was doing well. He's 8 million, very fair price, amazing season, 17 goals, 11 assists. Really good option, I think he'll be a popular pick and he'll be in my thoughts for game week one. Rodrigo, the other striker at Leeds, could be the play though. He's only 6.5, missed chunks of last season through injury as well, but when he's on the pitch... In that lead system, Rodrigo will rack up plenty of FPL points. So I think we'll see some people go Rodrigo over Bamford to save the 1.5 million. And I think that could be justified over the course of the season. So in short, lots of good options at Leeds again this season. Leicester City, lots of, I think, underpriced options at Leicester. Casper Schmeichel is one of them. He is 5 million this season. He was 5.5 last season. I think he's a very good keeper. He will certainly be in the reckoning for my goalkeeper position for game week one. Fafana is quite simply a mistake at 4.5 million. I think some of these player prices, when they release them, you know, it's quite clear on Twitter that, that most people think Fafana at 4.5 is a mistake. So why not just fix it? Why not just change him to five? Uh, and then it just makes, I think it makes the game better because you, what you want to avoid if you're making this game you don't want to have a player like Fofana who's 4.5 million and he ends up in 40% or 50% of teams, which is going to happen if he continues as, as first choice, which I think he will. You know, he's a fantastic player. So it's, it's, it's disappointing to see Fofana at 4.5 million and hopefully they go and change him to five, but, but I don't think they will at this stage. He's going to end up in everyone's team if he is first choice. Other defenders at Leicester, Pereira and Castagna, the wingbacks are 5.5. So I would expect Pereira probably to be the right wingback, Castagna to be the left wingback. I think that was the plan when they bought Castagna in the first place, but then Pereira had his injury. Castagna, I think, had, has had some injury issues in the Euros as well, so I'm not sure how serious that is. I like Pereira and Castagna more than Johnny Evans, who I think is quite expensive at 5.5. I mean, no one's going to buy Evans at 5.5 when you can get Fofana for one million less. So that just kills Evans off as an asset. You should have just made both of them five million. Into midfield for Leicester, Madison, seven million. That's a pretty standard price for him over the last couple of years. It's a good price if he can get back to his best. Hopefully he can. Otherwise, Harvey Barnes is going to be the pick here. Barnes is also seven million. He's the goal scorer when it comes to Madison versus Harvey Barnes. So we really need Madison to get back to his best. Again, a bit like 
Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison. You really want both of Madison and Barnes to be firing to give us a choice to make uh, and to make things different. Because I think at the moment, the way the player prices are, you know, I've seen a few people posting teams on Twitter. There's going to be a lot of very similar teams again in game week one, and that's disappointing. You know, I think the players overall are too cheap. Uh, you know, the forwards, the defenders are probably too cheap. Uh, some of the goalkeepers are too cheap as well. So it's going to be you know, very, very similar teams. There's going to be a lot of players with 30, 40, 50% ownership. And that's what I'd like to see them try and get away from, just to, to differentiate it a bit and make it a bit more exciting for us. Another player who caught my eye in the Leicester midfield is Dennis Pratt. He's only 5 million. Very, very good player. If he can get an extended run in the team and can get over his injury problems as well, he could emerge as a budget-friendly option at 5 million at some point during the season. Up front, Vardy, 10.5 million. Way too much. You know, he's entering the final few years of, of his career. Vardy at 10.5 when Ianacho is 7.5 just makes absolutely no sense. You know, look at the end of last season. Who was the player scoring in every game? Ianacho. So why is he 3 million less than Jamie Vardy? You know, penalties doesn't add 3 million to your price tag. So again, I don't think... Anyone in the right mind will pick Jamie Vardy at 10.5 when you can buy Ian Acho for 7.5. I fully expect Ian Acho to be a regular again, given how good he was at the end of last season. I think there's talk of Leicester possibly signing another striker, so maybe that could could throw a spanner in the works there. But initially, Ian Acho, super priced at 7.5 million. Jamie Vardy overpriced at 10.5. This episode is supported by Season 3 of FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League 2 after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher division. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenges and rise again into League 1? FX is Welcome to Wrexham. Catch all new episodes Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Liverpool are next up. Trent Alexander-Arnold, 7.5. Good price. Very good chance he'll be in my Game Week 1 squad. We all know what Trent can do by now. Robertson at 7 million. I think that's a pretty fair price as well. And Van Dijk, who will be back from injury this season, is 6.5. So I like all three of those options. Uh, I think Trent has the best chance of being in my Game Week 1 squad. And like always, I won't be ruling out doubling up on the Liverpool defence. I think they've got pretty good fixtures to begin with. In midfield, Mohamed Salah and Sadio Mane. This is also disappointing. Salah is 12.5 million and Mane is just 0.5 million less at 12. And 
This is reflected in the ownership at the moment. Salah has 53% ownership. Manny has 2.5% ownership. And that's what I think the game should be trying to avoid when they're setting it up. They should be trying to close that gap in ownership. You should be looking at, you know, Salah with 30% ownership and Manny with, you know, 15 to 20% ownership going into game week one. So I think the prices are too close together. I think Manny should have been, you know, more than 0.5 million cheaper than Salah. Jota, I think, is also too cheap at 7.5 million. That one surprised me. I think I think Jota could easily be 8.5 or 9 million playing for Liverpool. Yes, he gets rotated from time to time. But, I mean, he's an amazing player. We've seen what he can do even off the bench. So I think 7.5 million, a lot of people, what it does do, I guess, is, you know, most of us will probably have Salah game week one. A lot of us will have Trent. I guess one good thing about Jota being 7.5, it, it gives you a decision to make. Do you go for Robertson, Van Dijk or Jota? You know, do you go double midfield or do you go double defence? So I guess that's one positive of Jota being pretty cheap. Um, Firmino at 9 million, he has been an avoid for a few years now. He doesn't score enough goals, so I will be staying well away from Bobby Firmino. You know, when it comes to Firmino, there's probably six, seven better options in the Liverpool starting eleven for FPL value rather than Firmino. Manchester City, the champions, Ruben Diaz is six million. I think that's great. When you look at Van Dijk is 6.5. Diaz could have easily been 6.5, so I think that's a good price for him. John Stones is also a good price. He's 5.5 if he remains first choice. And likewise, Laporte. Laporte's also 5.5. So whichever of Stones or Laporte is first choice, it's going to be a very good price. But the problem is we could just see both of those players rotate alongside Diaz through the season. So it might be a case where we just have to avoid both Stones and Laporte. So Diaz is the Manchester City defender to go for. I don't love Cancelo at 6 million. He could justify it. We know how attacking he is. But, you know, last season he didn't really do it. He, you know, plenty of chances plenty of shots but didn't really convert it into FPL points he did a little bit more towards the end but you know let's see you know how much game time he gets as well but yeah 6 million initially I don't love it I prefer Diaz just pick Diaz game week 1 there's a good chance he'll still be in your team game week 38 and he will have picked up plenty of FPL points in the Man City midfield Gundogan 7.5 million feels like a good price to me very good season last season I, I think he could easily have been given a bigger price hike, so 7.5 keeps him in the mix, I think, as an option. Kevin De Bruyne at 12 million, it's a pretty steep price, but at the end of the day, he's the best player in the Premier League, so not really a surprise either. Phil Foden at 8 million, I think, is the player I like most here from the Manchester City midfield. Again, could have could have been more expensive. I do like Mares as well, who I think is 9 million, so... At the moment, Gabriel Jesus is the only striker listed on the Manchester City section of the FPL website. It'll be interesting to see if Mr. Kane will join that list before the season starts. On to Manchester United. My team, both goalkeepers are 5 million, which is a surprise. I don't really understand why both of them are not 5.5 million. So, you know, let's say, for example, David De Gea leaves the club. You're left with Henderson at 5 million. And he will be in a massive amount of teams if that happens. So once it's clear who the first choice Manchester United goalkeeper is, and hopefully there won't be a rotation policy in the league for the goalkeepers, you know that's that's a great price. I think it's 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 a nice cheap route into a very good defence. 
Luke Shaw at 5.5 million I like a lot as well had a really good season really impressive attacking numbers in terms of chances created last season uh, probably Manchester United's best player over the over the whole campaign could have easily been 6 million so I think Luke Shaw is going to be in an awful lot of game week one teams as well and very possibly in mine Bruno Fernandes 12 million same price as Kevin De Bruyne it's a fair price having scored 18 goals got 14 assists last season when I think of Bruno versus De Bruyne obviously it's a tough decision a lot of the time it might just come down to fixtures but to me you know Bruno scores a lot more goals uh, a lot of that's down to those penalties so at the moment I think I'd be leaning towards Bruno over over Kevin De Bruyne and then maybe going for a, for a cheaper Manchester City midfielder instead I mean you can fit you can fit both Bruno and De Bruyne in but you probably can't fit in Bruno De Bruyne and Salah. So there's going to be decisions to, make, to be made when it comes to the big hitters. And it could be a case of just jumping around the big hitters this season. Try and have a you know the rest of your squad pretty, pretty set. You don't have to make too many changes. And then you can jump around the likes of Bruno, Salah, KDB and whoever else. Harry Kane, those big hitting players. Greenwoods. I like a lot at 7.5 million. He could be the play, you know, if you don't go for Bruno Fernandes, maybe if you want to get De Bruyne and Salah, then you can settle for Mason Greenwood, which I think would be absolutely fine. Rashford, I don't really like at 9.5. I just don't think there's a 2 million difference between Rashford and Greenwood. So I'd be going for Greenwood all day long there until Rashford convinces me otherwise. Up front, Cavani is 8.5. Martial is eight, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. You know, good chance there'll be a bit of rotation, which probably probably kills off both options, especially when we've got so many other good strikers at you know similar prices and cheaper who will play ninety minutes every week. I love Cavani, so I, I hope he becomes a regular starter uh, because I would love to own him for a sustained period of time in FPL. On to Newcastle, Dubravka, 4.5 million is great. I think he was more expensive last season. I think he was five. So good to see him come back down. He's another one to throw into the mix alongside people like Sanchez in the 4.5 million goalkeeper bracket. Always gets lots of saves, does well in bonus points as well. We just need Newcastle to improve on their defensive record. In attack, don't really like any of the Newcastle midfielders. St. Maximan, disappointingly, has been reclassified as a striker. And again, because they've done that, he's not going to be in any teams because there's so many good strikers. So St. Maximan's going to get overlooked. And even just comparing them, he's 6.5. And his teammate Wilson is 7.5. You know, Wilson is the proven asset, proven goal scorer. So most people, I think, will will spend an extra million, get Wilson. So St. Maximan's ownership is going to be really, really low. So I just think when there's so many good strikers, they should have left St. Maximan as a midfielder. And then that would have made him more interesting. Wilson was 6.5 last season, so he's 1 million more expensive. But I think that's justified. At the same time, I think I've noted down here, I'm going to find it hard to pay 7.5 million for a Newcastle striker, even though they did look great going forward at the end of last season. So Wilson, I think he's a good option. I don't think he'll make the cut for my Game Week 1 squad. Another newly promoted team now, Norwich. We had them in the league two years ago. They've got horrible opening fixtures, so they're an avoid to begin with. I think they've got Manchester City and Liverpool in their opening two games, so there will be no Norwich players in my team. To begin with, the players I'll be keeping an eye on, just the usual suspects, Timo Pukki. I like him at 6 million. Take the fixtures out of it. I like Pukki at 6 million 
more than Tony at 6.5 million. You know, I would expect there won't be too much between those two guys over the course of the season. I could be wrong. You know, Tony could could blow him out of the water, but I'm a big Pookie fan, and I think I'm more likely to buy Pookie than I am to buy Tony. But that will all depend on how both of those guys look and perform in those first two or three weeks of the season. I think both of them will be will be good value options over the season. Cantwell, who was the 4.5 million midfield hero two seasons ago he is 5.5 million this season so a lot harder to buy him when he's 1 million more expensive but he's a very good player so he could justify that price tag but Pookie is the one I like most at Norwich and I'm sure most people are the same on to Southampton both of their goalkeepers are 4.5 could be some rotation there though like there was last season so avoid the Southampton goalkeepers to begin with I never have much faith in their defenders I think Che Adams is too expensive at 7 million. Danny Ings is 8 million, so definitely worth the extra million over Che Adams if he stays at Southampton, that is. It'll be interesting to see if he does make a move because, I mean, if Ings does make a move, it's going to be to a pretty good team. And if he does move to, you know, a, a bigger side in the Premier League, then 8 million will be very, very attractive. So Southampton, I think the only player who has a chance is Danny Ings. For my gaming one squad. Tottenham Hotspur still don't have a manager. They seem to be at the stage now where they're just going around knocking on people's doors and whoever answers they just say do you fancy being our manager this season? They seem to be going through quite a few candidates and not getting them over the line. So it'll be interesting to see who comes in there. Regulon caught my eye. 5 million. I think that's a good price. He is a very attacking fullback. He is a very good player. Could have easily been 5.5. A few of the centre-backs are priced nicely at 4.5, so depending on who the manager is and which centre-backs are first choice, you've got Eric Dyer, you've got Sanchez, and you've got Rodon, all at 4.5. So those three, keep an eye on those in the first few weeks of the season to see which one emerges as an option. Hyungman Son, 10 million. I think that's expensive, especially if Harry Kane goes. Uh, what will he be like without his partner in crime? I, I don't think Son will be in my Game Week 1 squad. Deli Alley, 6.5 million. What a price that is for Deli Alley. He was 9.5 million a few years ago. So he's lost 3 million in value over the last couple of seasons. And it's justified. You know, he's gone off the boil a little bit. But, you know, can he be rejuvenated under a new manager? If he is, if he's first choice. 6.5 is a ridiculous price for a very, very talented player. You know, people who are new to FPL, go back and look at Deli Ali's history. You know, three, four, five years ago, he was scoring, I don't know, 15 to 20 goals in, in, in a season. So hopefully he can get back to something close to those levels. Harry Kane, who I've mentioned, 12.5 million. Again, they shouldn't have priced him because if he goes to Manchester City, he should be 13.5 million or even 14 million. I think the likes of of Thierry Henry back in the day was 14 million uh, and I think Kane would justify that if he was playing for Manchester City uh, so Spurs overall with no manager at the moment I think will be a wait and see so I don't think I will have any Spurs players in my initial squad Watford no interest in them either as a newly promoted team for game week one again like Spurs I will just wait and see with Watford's West Ham very very good season last season can they do it again 
I think they could. I was very, very impressed by them last season. They've, you know, kept all their players. They've kept the manager. I think Moyes might have even signed a new contract, so that's good for West Ham. Cresswell gets a bump to 5.5. I still think he could be worth that with those set pieces. I said Luca Dean had one of the best left foots in the Premier League. I think Cresswell possibly has the best left foot in the Premier League. His deliveries are sensational every time, and he's got the players like Soucek. Uh, to nod those balls in the back of the net the centre backs at West Ham are 5 million don't really like that but I do like uh, Soufal who is 5 million so I think that does give us a decision to make do we go Soufal at 5 or do we spend the extra 0.5 for the set pieces from, from Cresswell but Soufal what a, you know, he looks really good from open play he, he gets forward a lot he, he's got good delivery himself and he can get goals so you know, I've I've caught a bit of him in the Euros as well, and he's been he's been his usual self getting forward. I think he's got an assist or two there. So that will be a decision I think many of us will have to make at some point. Soufal versus Cresswell, probably it'll probably be one of those when when I put my, out my tweets every week for for questions, it'll be one of those Soufal versus Cresswell discuss in midfield. Soucek at six million doesn't really interest me when you can get Ben Rama for the same price. Hopefully Ben Rama can become a regular starter. Now that Lingard has gone back to Manchester United, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there with Lingard. You know, will he stay at United and fight for his place after a very good season last year, or will he go back to West Ham, or will he go somewhere else? Um, <laughs> if he does go somewhere, I hope it's Spain or somewhere, so I don't have to consider buying him because he he hurt me a lot last season not owning him up front. Antonio, seven point five, really good price there as well. I think he's got a bit of a bump, but most of the strikers have got a bump in price, so. Antonio is probably in my top five strikers. Really like him when he's fit. He's a bit like Chris Wood. Does exactly what it says in the ten. He'll get you goals when he's on the pitch. Uh, playing for a very good West Ham team. Final team before I reveal my watch list is Wolves. Again, they've got a new manager, so I'll tend to avoid the teams who've got a new manager because you don't know what kind of setup or what kind of players are going to be playing in game week one one that caught my eye was Connor Cody 4.5 again I think he's underpriced should have been 5 there's lots of good 4.5 million defenders across the board this season so I think what you're going to see I think what we'll see we'll see a lot of teams set up with let's say Trent Alexander-Arnold and then either 3 or 4 4.5 million defenders I think we'll even see teams who maybe want to go a little bit heavy in midfield and attack and just pick five 4.5 million defenders. Or you can go four 4.5 million defenders and one 4 million defender if one of them emerged. So I, I suppose there's there's a lot of 4.5 million defenders and I'm saying some of them are underpriced, but again, it's probably a good thing because it opens the door for that possibility. If you really want to try and shoehorn in KDB, Bruno, Salah, or, you know, two of those guys in Harry Kane it might be possible by going with lots of 4.5 million defenders in defence you know Cody Fofana you know there's quite a few others I mentioned there as well so there is scope there Jimenez it will be absolutely fantastic to see him back on a football pitch this season he's 7.5 hopefully he's back to his best because if he is you know he's going to rival the likes of Antonio uh, Calvert-Lewin for a place in our squads on to the watch list so before i reveal the 45 players that are on my first watch list i should explain what a watch list is why i think it's a good idea to use one and how to use it so when you go on the fpl website 
if you click on transfers, which will bring you to the transfers page, when you click on the little drop down box that says all players, you will see an option that says watch list. So when you click on that, initially there'll be no players there when you click on it. But what you can do is, what I do each week after all the games each weekend, I go on and I update my watch list. So if a, if a player has caught my eye at the weekend, I click on him, let's say it's let's say it's uh, it's Ben Chilwell. I click on Ben Chilwell, open up his profile, and at the very bottom it says add to watch list. So when you click that, it adds into your watch list. Let's say you do that with 25 players. When you go to that drop-down box, click on watch list, you will see that list of 25 players. And what I find that does, it really helps me on a Friday when it comes to making my transfers because I never fall into traps then. I will only ever buy a player who's on my watch list and I won't get talked into someone like a, like a Jesse Lingard uh, on a Friday if he's not on my watch list. It also helps if you are if you have a few drinks on a Friday or, or, or something like that and, you, and you're going in to make your transfers at least you're only choosing from those 25 players who you like and you're not just scrolling through team by team or, or total points or anything like that. So the watch list is really, really useful. It kind of gives you tunnel vision on the players who you like uh, and it helps you to avoid things like groupthink and bandwagons. When it comes to game week one, I always play it safe. I get players I know will play and I set my team up in a flexible team structure. So I'll talk more about team structure in, in some of the preseason podcasts. I avoid newly promoted players, maybe one, that will be the height of it. I think last season I went for Mitrovic, uh, which didn't work out too well, so maybe I'll go with zero promoted players this season. I just like to give them a chance, see how they adjust, and then make the call after a couple of weeks. I also tend to avoid new players to the league. For example, last season, a lot of people went for Timo Werner. I didn't. I went for Jamie Vardy instead, and Vardy scored about 27 penalties in the first three game weeks, which worked out in my favour. So... You won't see too many new players to the league in my team. Hasn't been too many signings yet anyway. Uh, but that's just a couple of notes before I get into this. So starting with the goalkeepers, my it's important to say this is a very, very early watch list and this will change a lot over the next 50 or so days. But it's good to have an initial one to look back on. And I, I put a tweet out last week as well is when you build your first draft, you know, take a screenshot of it and look back at it in, in on the 12th of August or the 13th of August and compare what your final draft looks to your first draft and you can ask yourself questions like, you know, why has it changed? Because you will over tinker uh, and try and avoid that, you know, try not to spend too much time on the FPL website over the next few weeks because you'll have every single player in your team at some point and it's just very frustrating then when the game actually does go live, players start scoring goals you will be saying things like, ah, he was in one of my drafts. You know, so try and avoid that. I haven't made a team yet. I won't be making one for as long as possible. I'm still on my auto-pick team. So goalkeepers on my watch list, all of these are 5 million or less. Leno, Kasper Schmeichel, both Manchester United goalkeepers, Dubravka and Sanchez. So I think Dubravka and Sanchez there are the only two 4.5 million options and all the others are five defenders. Three Liverpool guys, Trent, Robertson and Van Dijk. Diaz from Manchester City. For Everton, Luca Dean and Holgate. And Holgate you know, won't be in my game week one squad, so he'll probably get removed from this watch list because I can't be sure that he's going to play. So Luca Dean I'm more interested in. Luke Shaw is my preference for Manchester United. For West Ham, it'll be Cresswell or Soufal. For Arsenal, Tierney. Target at Aston Villa. Lewis Dunk at Brighton. 
Christensen at Manchester United. Again, sorry, not Manchester United, Chelsea. Christensen is a, a bit like Holgate. You know, he's on my watch list here, but I don't think he will be for, for very long because he can't guarantee that he's going to play in game week one. And every player I pick in game week one will be a player who I can 99% say he's going to start in game week one. Charlie Taylor, Burnley, Fafana at Leicester, and Ealing at Leeds. Midfielders, there's actually not many midfielders. Yeah, there's a lot more strikers. So midfielders, it's mostly usual suspects here. Salah and Jota at Liverpool. De Bruyne, Foden, Gundogan at Manchester City. So Mares is currently not on my watch list, but he probably will be come closer to the start of the season. Bruno and Greenwoods at Manchester United. Grealish and Buendia from Villa. Rafinha, Harvey Barnes, and that's it. So there's only what about. 10 possibly less midfielders on the watch list which which tells me I'll probably have a 3-4-3 formation to begin with I think I'll be squeezing in three strikers because there's so many of them that I like Harry Kane is on the watch list so he's the most expensive and then you've got from 8.5 million right down to 6 million loads and loads of options Cavani Calvert-Lewin Bamford and Rodrigo at Leeds Danny Ings Ollie Watkins Ian Acho, Wilson, Antonio, Chris Wood, and Tony. So, I mean, Tony's on it. I'll probably remove him because I don't think I'll pick him game week one. Pookie's not on it because of the fixtures. I probably will avoid those promoted players. So, I mean, if I had a gun to my head right now, pick three strikers for game week one. You know, let's let's say Kane is still at Spurs. Uh, I think I'd probably avoid him and go cheaper. So I'm probably looking at, and again, I haven't looked at the fixtures much here, so the fixtures are not coming into it. So I'm just judging players here only. I would probably say Antonio, Iheanacho, and probably one of the Leeds guys, either Bamford or Rodrigo. And I mentioned fixtures there. I think something I might have done last season was, I think last season I leaned on fixtures more than I ever do. And I'm going to try and scale that back a little bit this season. You know, you, you, you hear a lot of people saying form versus fixtures, you know, what do you go for? I'm going to try and just back players over fixtures this season. So, I mean, some of my mistakes last season, uh, Bamford and Watkins is, is a good example. I owned both of those guys on various occasions and quite often I sold them when they had tough fixtures coming up and they, con- they went on to get assists or get goals in those tough fixtures. So I think I'm going to try and back players over fixtures this season. If you've got a good asset like Watkins, who's good value, who's scoring goals, who's getting assists. You know, there's no reason to sell him just because he's got bad fixtures for someone who's got better fixtures. And quite often I did it with Calvert-Lewin. I bought Calvert-Lewin in when he had good fixtures, but he didn't do anything because he's playing an Everton team that didn't have much creativity. You know, they're very defensively minded. So I'm going to be keeping that in mind this season. If I've got a good asset who's doing well for me, there's no reason to sell him if he's got a couple of tough games coming up. That is it. I'm just looking at the clock here. It's, this could end up being a 59 minute long podcast, which would be amazing. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. If you'd like to support me as a full time fantasy manager, check out patreon.com forward slash FPL general, where you'll get extra content and podcasts throughout the season. There's a few up there already, and a new Slack channel has been set up for subscribers for the season ahead. Enjoy the Euros over the coming days. I'll be back in a couple of weeks' time probably around mid-July with the next episode. I mean, there's no rush. We've got 50 days. I don't want to jump in too deep to content just yet because it's going to be a long season ahead. So all I'm left to say is happy tinkering. Don't do too much. 
have fun on the FBL website and I will talk to you all very soon. The Athletic.